Welcome to You Wanted a Hit, a podcast in which we discuss unlikely, perplexing, and positively bizarre songs that swept the nation and often the world. Hit songs that, looking back, make us think, how did this get played on the radio? Do people actually like this? Do we like this? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your co-host, Michael Smith, and I'll be discussing one song per episode with my co-host and fellow music fanatic, pop culture enthusiast Theo Beidler. Each episode, we'll take turns exploring the song, while the other host has no idea what song will be the focus until we hit play. What do you got jingling in your glass there? Uh, that is just a, a ginger ale. I've got wine. Mm. I've got tea. I've got water. Ooh. As I uh, alluded to on Twitter, we are uh, we're getting explicit. We're, we're getting Ooh. vulgar tonight. Oh, this is probably the dirtiest song we've done. I think it, it's definitely the dirtiest song we've done. So it's dirtier than the bad touch. Yeah, yeah. It's more uh, it's more on the nose, if you will. I already can tell I'm going to be touching my face a lot during this episode. And you know, looking at the year <laughs> that this song came out, I would have been 16, 17 years old or so. Uh, so old enough to know okay. what these lyrics were. Uh, but I don't think I fully appreciated how cringeworthy this song really is. Okay. So... Uh, why don't we get no, to it's it? Not, I don't think it's what I guessed it was, but go ahead and play it. Oh. Oh my God. And I want to say, uh, not one of our sponsors yet, but maybe one day, um, <laughs> I was inspired to use this song because it was recently featured on a Peloton ride that I did. Was it? <laughs> yeah. And it was nice. Like during the ride, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a song that we have to cover. Oh, so that's how you thought of it. Yeah. I, I'm sure Peloton. I thought of this song before. It's a, uh, it, it, I hadn't thought of it. Oh yeah. I wonder if it's on my, any of my, the list that I've had put together because it's a perfect song for the podcast. It was popular. And it is strange. It is strange. It is. It yeah, is wild. It's, so uh, it's the only. I think it's the only rap song I can think of that's whispered the entire way through the song. Yeah, uh, probably in the entire way. Yes, we will get to um, maybe maybe a, a bit of a precedent song uh, in Ooh, a bit here. I love it. So we're going Great. back to the uh, eternal millennia, back to the yeah. early two thousands, straight out of East Atlanta. Yin Yang Twins. We are talking about the Yin Yang Twins, not Yin Yang. Yin Yang. Yes. Yes. Although they are named after the yin yang symbol. Uh, right. I don't know if they chose to change the spelling or if they just thought that's how you spelled it. I don't know. I feel like I always thought it was yin yang as a kid. So, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, most pressing question is that the group is made up of Eric Jackson, known as Kane, and D'Angelo Holmes, known as D Rock. Not twins. If you couldn't tell by their last names. Not twins. Not even wow. brothers. Already blown minds here. Been living a lie my entire life. East Atlanta. And back in 1995, a young 16-year-old D-Rock signed his first record deal. So he had been rapping for, for quite some time. And both him and Kane were coming up in the scene in Atlanta. They knew of each other, uh, but hadn't played together yet. So after D-Rock, uh, I think, released like three or four albums under his own name, uh, he... Apparently wanted to quit rapping, uh, but he had one record left on his deal that he had to get done. And he told 
came this when they, they met up, they were friends, I guess. Uh, and they decided that at that moment they were going to put an album out together uh, and apparently literally went and bought a notepad and okay. scratched out 17 songs on a stoop. And, and that became their first album. So, you know, it's the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, it's coming of age of hip hop in Atlanta. Atlanta's really becoming like the, the rap capital of the South this time. Outcast is like about to be the biggest thing in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have yeah. Lil John bubbling up. Yep. Who uh, is pretty instrumental? Ludacris, Luda. I'm yeah. trying to think who else was at the, the TI. Probably a little around that time. Um, yeah, probably coming up at that time. Like I said, Ying Yang Twins and Lil John are kind of like synonymous. They they have a lot of songs together. Um, you know, they support each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of them are usually a lot of yelling. So this is There's no yelling so, in uh, this song. Both of them, all all this whole crunk twerk uh, genre. There's a lot of yelling. It's very in your face. It's kind of obnoxious at times, um, but it's fun. It's like, are they? They're they're considered a crunk. They are, group? yeah, crunk and twerk. Right. I think Lil John's more crunk. They're more twerk, apparently. Crunk is a subgenre of hip hop music that emerged in the early 1990s and gained mainstream success during the mid 2000s. Crunk is often up tempo and one of the southern hip hop's more dance and club oriented subgenres. Uh, has origins in Memphis. And derived from Jersey Club and Trap. I, I, twerk might just be a subgenre of, of crunk music because there's a lot of talk about crunk, and then their the Ying Yang Twins producer calls what the Ying Yang Twins are doing more twerk. So I'm not sure that twerk really is a thing outside the Ying Yang Twins. Obviously, twerking is but as, a, as a genre. Oh, I yeah. think it's just crunk. Okay. Huh. Um, but as you mentioned, both of them visionaries. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, both of them very loud, obnoxious, uh, over the top. But cool little side note: the both Kane and D Rock have disabilities. Oh, and this is one thing that really helped them bond early on. So D Rock's left hand didn't fully form in the womb, and Kane was born with cerebral palsy. Huh. So part of the reason that they are so over the top and crazy is more of a distraction technique. It's it's not to hide their disabilities, uh, but they didn't want that to become like the focus of who they were or define their story. So them being loud and obnoxious and crazy, um, you know, that that makes them who they are rather than having their disabilities define them. Which I thought was pretty cool. Leaning into their strengths. Yeah. 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 So huh. the first group that Kane and D Rock put together was called True Dogs. Uh, but apparently, according to Kane, the label that D-Rock had been on didn't exactly know what to do with them. So, um, you know, they at the time were leaning into the, the crunk and torque scene like we were talking about. But couldn't tell if they were dropped from the label or if they just finished off that deal and, and, and went their own ways. Uh, but at that time, they met up with DJ Smurf, who would later go by Mr. Collie Park. And Mr. Collie Park owned a record label himself, and he saw the chemistry that they had and convinced them to keep making music together. And he would eventually assign them to Collie Park Records and also produce a lot of the music that, that they would go on to make. Is he the one that said that they're more twerk than crunk? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also, did the Smurfs come after him for his name? Is that is that uh, is that why he changed it? You know, I didn't figure out why they, he changed the name. Uh, but I, I don't know if it was uh, the Smurfs came after him or he realized that it was kind of like a... It's kind of a juvenile name, you know, and he's becoming a, a mainstream producer. So as you mentioned, the Ying Yang Twins, uh, they, they changed their name once they left 
DRAC's label, and they changed the name to the Yin Yang Twins, which is in reference to the Yin and Yang symbol. Uh, Kane at one point said, mm-hmm. DRAC and myself were totally opposite. You know, at a time where he might want to bring peace, I want war. You know what I'm saying? And he goes on to talk about like their kind of their differences. Couldn't tell if that is why they named themselves the Yin Yang Twins, or if this was kind of like a in retrospect. A retcon. Yeah, it kind of felt that way. Uh, but either way, Yin Yang Twins. A, a studio, uh, as you might say. Yeah, as you might, yeah. <laughs> so the Twins dropped their, their first song, uh, which was a massive hit and took off, which was Whistle While You Twerk, which I'm sure you remember. It, that could be an episode all in itself right there. There's a great website called yinyangtwinsweb.yaia.com, which I will I will share with you. Okay. Just because I love when you stumble upon sites that were definitely made in like 2002 and haven't been that changed still since. Up. Yeah, it's very... Oh, yaya.com. Is that a thing? I don't know. Yaya is grandmother in Greek. No. I just figured it was like a like a word. Oh wow, this is really great. Yeah. This is super old school internet. Visit these other interesting sites. <laughs> Ray Charles, Red Hot Chili Peppers, R. Kelly, Selena, Shakira, Slipknot, Snoop Dogg. Oh wow. System of a Down and Three Doors Down. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going down a rabbit hole later. So this website, I think like just copy and pasted some press releases or interviews yeah. with them. But they had some, a lot of great info. Yeah, some great info. And the website introduces them, or the press release introduces them, uh, and I think put it in a really succinct way. Ying Yang Twins is an Atlanta-based rap duo consisting of brothers Kane and D-Rock. Their music focuses on party, sexual, and relationship themes, <laughs> and is often quite vulgar. I'd say so. <laughs> Just when you've thought you've seen and heard it all, in comes the Ying Yang Twins with their hot single, Whistle While You Twerk. Twerk with a U. Twerk with a U in, in this one, yeah. Which okay. I don't know if that's how they spelled it or not. Uh, that's okay. also how they spelled it on Wikipedia. So it goes on. Taking the club scene and the Billboard rap charts by storm with their sizzling debut album, Thug Walkin', a musical stroll through the lives of D-Rock and Kane, the twins are ready to see the, set the world on fire with their high-energy music. All right. And I think it was a press release because the end of it goes on to say, with their debut LP Thug Walkin', the Ying Yang twins invite you to take a walk on the thug side of the ATL. <laughs> they're, willing to, they're willing to bet that once you take that stroll, it'll be a journey you'll never forget. Their teenage buddy did a kick-ass job writing this, <laughs> or they wrote it themselves. I mean, pretty good, though. Ca- yeah. Caught my attention uh, 20-some years later. Yeah. So, uh, Whistle While You Work, it's essentially a strip club anthem, which I think is a theme with these two okay. uh, d-rock said we really i hear there are strip clubs in atlanta we wouldn't know anything about that well uh <laughs> he, he's about to mention them and not the one we, we're thinking of uh but d-rock said we really just put that song out to the strip clubs in atl we didn't plan on that song getting universal attention because everybody don't know what magic city blue fame and foxy lady was now i've heard of magic city that's like a famous one you hear of a lot of rappers and 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 famous mm-hmm. folks rolling there, uh, but he made no mention of the Claremont Lounge, which I think uh, you and I—I uh, I don't think either of us are, are strip club aficionados by any stretch of the means. I've been to very few. That's one of the few I've been and to. And the Claremont Lounge is probably one of the best in the world. I would agree. And if you you don't know what we're talking about, you take a stroll on Google. 
find out. It's a, it's a trip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Whistle While You Twerk quickly took off. It ended up on uh, number one on the Billboard Hot Rap Songs and number 74 on the Billboard 100. That song led to the release of their debut album, Thug Walking, as the press release mentioned. And uh, I just want to mention that the producer of the full album is credited, and his name is Beat in Az. Like Beat in A-Z-Z. Okay. Which is a great name. Uh, great is a word <laughs> for it. <laughs> uh, if you're unfamiliar, Whistle While You Twerk uh, is, is a play on the Snow White song, Whistle While You Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, Disney, not so keen on this song. I would imagine. But uh, what, I, what I read it was that Disney sent a cease and desist order to the band. However, they tend to do that. They didn't own the rights, or at least didn't at the time own the rights to the song. So they had no control. It's public domain? No. It's apparently, according to Kane, I, I saw a couple of interviews, they tell the same story. There was a lady named B.B. Barnes who was in her 80s, and she mm-hmm. was the one who owned the rights to Whistle While You Work. Uh, and as you can imagine, uh, she came hawking and took all the royalties for that song. So, uh, all of them? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, it's pretty dead on. So, yeah, I mean, they at least changed it, but okay. Well, they added, right. they added a, a lot of uh, artistic liberties, if you will. Yes, yes. <laughs> they should get paid for those liberties. They might have gotten a little money. The, uh, they uh, said that they, they received no money, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Right. Uh, so besides for uh, beaten as <laughs> uh, Mr. Collie Park is also has producing credits, uh, at least in the track of Whistle While You Twerk. Uh, he would okay. also go on to produce their follow-up smash, Say I, I, I which, mm-hmm. remember that one? Yeah. Again, that could have been an episode in itself as well. They're all very unique songs that are... Absurd. Uh, absurd <laughs> and definitely like a bit of a time capsule. They are indeed. Kelly Park also produced the song we're here to talk about today, Wait. Called Wait. Mm-hmm. The Whisper Song. Oh, it's called Wait. Yeah. The okay. Parentheses Whisper Song. I don't think I, I never knew it. it was not called uh, the Whisper Song. Is that still a thing to do? Okay. I feel like in the nineties and the two thousands there was a ton of song title. Uh, yeah, parenthetical. Parenthetical. This is, the real, this is how you know songs. the song. I don't think that happens as much anymore. I feel like the emo scene really just beat that to death, and then after that, everyone was like, "All right, can we like maybe, not do that for a while?" Maybe so. Actually, funny enough. Well, I guess this, this is a little different. Uh, the wait is off of their third album, which is entitled USA, and then in parentheses, United States of Atlanta. Oh, okay. From what I believe is a, another press release that I found uh, about the, the United States of Atlanta album. The Ying Yang. Yeah, the album would be so much better if it was just called United States of Atlanta. Yeah, but you look at. Without the USA. If you look at the cover, it's like, all right, kind of works, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm Got it. Up. I see it. Uh, so the press release says the Ying Yang twins aim to present not only a different impression of themselves, but also of their beloved state. The album drops on June 28th with guests ranging from the typical lineup, Lil John, for example, to that you wouldn't necessarily expect, like Maroon 5. Oh. Yeah. Adam Levine makes a, an appearance on this album. Wow. Which would have been like fresh off songs about Jane. I don't think it would have been too deep into their, like, their pop career too much. When they had guitars in their yeah, music. I still think they slap. Still a fan. They got some bangers. 
Uh, actually, we'll come back to them in a second, uh, a little later. So uh, in an interview I read, uh, I, there's a, someone asked a question that said, if you had to compare the album, United States Atlanta, to a designer label or car, which would you choose and why? And Kane said, designer label or car, Sean John and a Bentley, because Ying Yang has stiffened up. We about to show the world we capable of, not just what they know us for, because they don't know the group on the whole yet that way. Okay. So they're laying the groundwork. Wow. All right. So this song in particular uh, has a bit of an interesting story in that it was never meant to be a single. From what I researched, DJ or Mr. Cali Park, aka DJ Smurf, uh, he came up with a beat because he was inspired by what the Neptunes had that put together. That totally makes Snoop sense. Dogg, drop it like it's hot. Yeah. Drop it that like it's hot. Totally yeah. checks out. Which, 100%. And I don't know that I, at the time, recognized that, but if you listen to these songs back to back, they're almost ad- mm. identical. They're about, they're, they're almost the same. But yeah, so for those who might not know, the Neptunes are the songwriting and producing duo of Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. They've made some monster hits, including Drop It Like It's Hot, as well as I'm a Slave for You by Britney Spears, Rock Your Body by Timberlake, uh, and a song we've referenced in the Cisco episode, uh, Rex and FX Rump Shaker. They produce Rump Shaker? Well I did not know Apparently, that. Apparently, yeah. That was what the, their first one, I think. Uh, they're also from Virginia Beach, where I was this past oh, weekend. Look at that. I don't know what year it is, but there's a year in the early 2000s, and this isn't completely accurate, but I think it was something like 70% of the number one hits were produced by the Neptunes that year. It's just something absurd. I'm not surprised. They're, they are already in the Songwriting Hall of Fame, apparently. Yeah, which that makes sense. sense. They yep. Pharrell himself has had, like, such an insane impact yeah. on the music industry in like almost every facet, including country. Yeah. I mean, we were, it was funny because we were walking around Virginia Beach and we were just like, man, it is so crazy how much legendary hip hop is from this area. But like nobody talks about it. Like they talk about Atlanta or Houston, Neptunes, Missy Elliott, Timbaland, uh, Clips, Pusha T, like all that stuff is from Virginia Beach. That's true. Well, they had an influence on Collie Park and the, and the Yin Yang Twins here. Collie Park said, as far as hip-hop is concerned, you'll rarely hear the word funky. But Pharrell just continuously finds ways to make funky shit. That beat right there had nothing in it, but it was funky as hell. And he was inspired by the slower tempo, like super simple uh, synth bass, uh, and, the, and the snoop refrain, which, again, you can yeah. hear a ton of that yep. in this song here. Yep. So instead of the, the clucks in this song, uh, Kali Park decided to do more of a, a finger snap motif against the, the light beat. He brought the idea mm-hmm. to the group and they thought to themselves, like, you know, okay, we'll give it a shot. And he also, Kali Park also came up with the idea to whisper throughout the entire song. One article I read, and I don't know how true this is, but, but you mentioned it earlier, that the best example of whispering in a hip hop song before this was Ice Ice Baby, which has a whisper throughout the chorus, which I never really thought about, but it kind of does. Oh, yeah, uh, I guess. And the later yeah, on, Kelly Park will also go on to produce many other songs, wow. including a couple uh, other whisper hip-hop songs. So kind of a little, a little trademark. Mm, kind of became his calling card. The best at recording whispering. <laughs> He's just able to, able to capture that whisper sound better than anybody else. 
Mm. <laughs> Sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds good. We'll see how you edit that. Uh, so the twins were skeptical. Uh, they were in the studio. So they figured it was worth a shot. They'll, 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 give, it a, they'll give it a go. Uh, Kane was quoted saying, there are a lot of artists who would be scared to try things. For us, it don't matter. You can call me what you want. Just call me with a check when that thing hits because it's going to hit. I mean, yeah. And it was. He wasn't wrong. The idea of whispering came first. And then the song lyrics came after and were essentially inspired by the idea of whispering. Because these are things that you don't want to say aloud. (laughs) Well, yeah. So the idea of the song is these are things that you would whisper in the ear of a woman in a loud club. Uh, Or I should say, like, these are things that that the Ying Yang twins whisper (laughs) in the ear because I've never (laughs) whispered or said any of these things. Uh, Or thought about saying them. Yeah, I I assume that you haven't either. I don't believe so. But yeah, so D-Rock, D-Rock said, uh, when you're at the club, it's very unattractive to be yelling in a girl's face, which, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, So you whisper in her ear and that turns her on. Really loudly. So that, that's the whole basis for the song. Now, okay. if you've never heard this song outside of like a local radio station or, or maybe on MTV, uh, you'd be forgiven in thinking that the song isn't insanely vulgar. Uh, and and uh, looking back at it from 2022 eyes, uh, problematic. Uh, yes. But it is. So I will read some lyrics now. <laughs> so we can I'm all... I'm curious to hear these lyrics. And then I'm more curious to hear the radio <clears throat> edit because... I heard this song so many times in college that I only remember the dirty lyrics. I heard it. Obviously, I heard the, the dirty lyrics a lot uh, through college because this came out in 2005. So I would have mm-hmm. been going into my freshman year of college. But I also feel like I heard the song a lot on the radio. Yeah. And you you implanted the lyrics you knew. So you don't even, you know, you can't really remember. Yeah, I guess. Now, yeah. they're self-aware enough to know that the song might not be exactly a uh, Everyone's cup of tea or, uh, you know, uh, really problematic because because uh, Kane said, wait, is in the tradition of the soul ballads that his parents and their friends moved to when they were young. And he says, okay. though it's dirty as hell, most of the 70s babies was conceived to groovy songs. Could have been Teddy P or Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. Could have been the Isley Brothers. Could have been Al Green. It didn't matter. Which. I think it's an interesting, not argument, but like context to hear the song in. Because yeah. when I started researching this song and I was thinking about the actual like lyrics and, and what's being like portrayed, it is kind of, it's very problematic and it's very vulgar to think about this actually playing out and like saying these things unsolicited to a woman at a club, right? But when you listen to the song in the idea of like, you know, maybe you're with somebody consensually and you want to already you want to put yeah, on some all, groovy songs. Right. You want to put on something yeah. that might be a little crass, might be a little like yeah. naughty. This song works. And, and then that, yeah, like a like a 2005 Barry White song. Yeah, exactly. Which, I you know, or when, uh, or um, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is exactly what they're saying here and, and kind of makes it, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a little better. I think my my perception of it being creepy is hearing uh white guys in college repeated at parties aloud right that was really creepy or or a 34 year old Uh, white man right now 
reading oh, right it now. to you poetically. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the it's all about context, right? Mm-hmm. They wrote the song out of inspiration from a number of different things, and only they know the context. Yeah. So it's unfair for us to say Ying Yang Twins are creepy. It's a creepy song. It's definitely been used in some creepy context. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, and out of context, just looking at it on its face. Sure. Yeah. But a lot of songs could be perceived that way. If you just grab the chorus and don't think about the song, you know, in any other way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm coming around, coming around on the song. Uh, as I mentioned, this was not <laughs> supposed to be a hit. Uh, apparently, Collie Park's girlfriend or someone that he was having relations with on his own uh, took the song and leaked it to a radio station in Georgia before his, it was finished. His partner did that? Yeah, the, I forget the wording that okay. I read. It was definitely like, I think it was like okay. one of his girlfriends. <laughs> however okay. they said it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the station that, that got the song, they cleaned it up. She's like, I saw your dick and now look what I'm going to do. <laughs> exactly. So the station cleaned it up themselves and put it on the air and apparently it like, it like took off like wildfire. Kelly uh, Park okay. was pissed at the time and said, it was a blessing in disguise because honestly, I would have never put that out as a single, which I could see why. So it was like a it was like a rough mix of the song. It was so. Uh, Got it. With that, they rushed to finish it. They rushed to to uh, to clean it up. They actually like record a mastered version, yeah. uh, and they yeah. then also recorded their own clean version of the song. So I'm not sure what the radio station did originally, but the the main refrain of the cleanup version is "Wait till I show you this." You will never get enough. Which, when you hear it, okay. it, like it works. It does work. Yeah. Honestly, it's like just as creepy. The rest of the song is really <laughs> also vulgar. So I, I should actually listen yeah. to the whole clean version of the song to get an idea of uh, of what. Uh, so what, we're going to move on to the video. Yeah, they had to they had to they had to re-record it. Wait, so this radio station was playing the 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 naughty version? No, they cleaned it up themselves. Oh, so they had edited it and then played it on yeah, the Yeah, I have to assume it was probably like, so uh, like it was like you know a, a beep or something over top of. Yeah, they weren't changing the lyrics <laughs> themselves. But the earworm of sorts that it is, uh, people wanted more of it and, it, and it took off. And I think it became like super popular. Other stations were calling that station to figure it out, and like Kelly Park and the Twins were like, "We got to get this going." So, are, are they on a major at this point, or distributed by a major? No. So the only time that i read that a major was ever involved was when whistle while you twerk was taking off and became Uh like another like super successful very quick uh flash in the pan universal tried to pick them up i think universal maybe did distribute them for a hot second but universal Mm. was not able to clear the rights for the song and so they didn't sign them they're like we're not getting involved in that (laughs) and then they brought CIAI to Universal, mm-hmm. and Universal said no because they thought it would cannibalize Nelly. Because they also had Nelly, and they're they are kind of similar in style, I guess. I, I think it's more about like Nelly was their like flagship at the time, and it was too close. Well, rest is history. I did make some dark matter coffee cold brew last night to enjoy throughout the day today. So I had a couple glasses of their Jägermeister collab, which is very good. It's got just a little hint of that Jäger signature funkiness, not a ton. Uh, it's not, you know, I, I'd say it's a little more mild than some of the other 
uh, boozy coffee collabs that I've had, but it's just got a little tinge. Keep it fun. Uh, it's great as a cold brew. And uh, it kept me kept me pumped up for for the episode tonight. Well, fuck yeah. Shout out to our, our newest sponsors, Dark Matter Coffee, out of Chicago. Keep me jazzed, yes. too. I'm really enjoying it. So, big fan. Right now, I'm also drinking a Sierra Nevada, and I feel like it's only customary. Oh. Oh, yeah. Every time. Oh, yeah. Let's watch the video. I'd love to see the video. It's a whisper video. MTV is still showing videos at this time. Maybe MTV 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. They're in suits. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love this snapping. It's so They're like endearing. And a young lady's ear. I can't listen to the song now and not think about Drop It, it like sounds it's hot, so much like that song. Bam, 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 bam. There's got to be a mashup, right? Almost like too similar. Oh, yeah. All the girls, the like uh, tapestry of women. It's a beautiful video. Yeah, it's very like Game of Thrones-esque. I kind of love it. Like it's shot in a really cool way. So it was directed by Lil X, who now goes by Director X because Lil is very early 2000s and he has grown up as well. Well, What about Lil Nas X? That also might be why he changed his name. Lil Peep? Uh, but he now goes by Director X. Yeah, this guy has produced and directed over 100 music videos. He's wow. done music videos for such artists as The Wanted, R. Kelly, Usher, Kanye, Jay-Z, Korn, Geta, Nelly Furtado, Sean Paul, Justin Bieber, Drake, oh, Nicki Minaj, T.I., <laughs> Fifth Harmony, Miguel, One Direction, and Iggy Azalea. Wow. What a lineup. This guy has worked with everyone. He really has. Impressive. Yeah, very impressive. I also love, I, I fast forward a bit to the end of the video. Um, the entire video features uh, women, the Ying Yang twins, and in, in suits, black backgrounds, pretty minimalist all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it is, it is the early 2000s. It is the MTV era for a split second at, at 244, I think 245, you see a car, a, a high-end sports car for a split second. Because you have to have you a just have to get a car, car in the video. I'm almost video. there actually. The I'm almost there. It's coming up. There's a car. It's like uh, real quick. It's like the the um the frames in Fight Club that he puts into the yeah. he puts yeah. in the projector, but it's a sports car. I don't know. I feel like this is the age of music videos where they're like, "Yo, I got eighty grand left. What should we do with it?" Like, oh, let's buy a car. <laughs> we'll just put it in the background. <laughs> I think we might actually need to start a segment where we read the YouTube comments. Uh, there oh, are yeah, some, some excellent comments. The first one <laughs> is it has three hundred and sixty-one likes. We need more romantic music like this. <laughs> well, okay, but going to the uh, back to the Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass side of thing. Yeah, yeah, back to the yeah. Yeah. Uh, num- the second one is still dying over the fact that they played this at my Catholic high school prom in 2005. I'm sure it played at my prom too. It probably <laughs> did. Uh, I graduated in 06. I- I'm sure they played this song. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I, I feel like I like remember being at high school dances in this song. It is out. a wild concept for a song. Like it's, it's pretty high minded yeah. for it being such a lowbrow song. <laughs> Yeah, it, the the words are very poetic I didn't even in a way. Know this that that the idea was that 
they're supposed to be in the club and this is what they're whispering to their partner or new new friend or or whatever like that's that's such a unique concept and they do whisper the whole song have we seen any live performances of this because i'm really curious how that came across one because whispering is worse for your voice than yelling and you can Mm -hmm. lose your voice really quickly uh so if they're doing this every night that might be a little difficult also like do they just crank the shit out of the out of the vocals (laughs) Yeah, because you have to imagine people are just like screaming the entire time. Yeah, and also they're fucking whispering into the mic over this like huge beat. It's funny you you asked this because I, while researching the song, I thought about this multiple times and I never looked it up. (laughs) So (laughs) I found one here. Let's see. It's probably just like heavy bass, right? Probably. And they might play a track behind, they might have to play a track behind them of vocals so that you can actually hear what they're saying this is from 2019 Ooh. so they're definitely playing the track. oh they're just ra- they're just rapping it full voice i like he- thinking about them singing this now in their like 40s and it's like nah dog yeah <laughs> now we go we go we only see yeah that. this one they're just rapping they're rapping full voice also the crowd is yelling the chorus so like they're also yeah, doing that like i get it which I also appreciate a song that's performed a little bit differently in a live setting because studio and live require. Yeah, I could things. see them doing like a stripped down version, like acoustic version, maybe. It'd be kind of cool, you know? Ooh, ooh, yeah. Just, just like, just the E yeah. string going do, 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 do. Drop it like a thought. Drop it like a thought. See, you can't get out of your head now. <laughs> so this song, it did get into the top 100, which is why we're talking about it. Although we'd be talking about it anyway. Uh, Torque hit. What, number 74? Where do you think this one lands? I'm going 28. 28, okay. Uh, this would peak on June 11th, 2005. Okay. Uh, and it would go, I think it went number one on the hip-hop charts. But it went okay. number 15 oh. on the Billboard 100. I thought you were about to say number one on the Hot 100, and I was about to be blown uh, that away. That would be impressive. Uh, fully whispered song gone to number one. Went to number 15. You want me to, to roll off the, the ones that got in front of it here? Oh, I would love to hear it. It's a kind of a, a, a mixed bag. We got at number 14, Let Me Go by Three Doors Down. We've got Ooh. Incomplete by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, a, a latent Backstreet Boys hit. I guess it would be yeah. good. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Slow Down by Bobby Valentino. Don't Lonely No More by Rob Thomas. Oh, wow. A song that I have to assume will go number one, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Yeah. Since You've Been Gone number by Kelly one in Clarkson. Our hearts. And Since You've Been Gone back to back, two, two great rock songs. True. Uh, uh, number eight, controversial, uh, Switch by Will Smith. Woo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that had to be his last uh, hit, right? See wow. one sense? That maybe, yeah. Hate it or love it. By the game at number seven. Oh, banger! Speaking of comedy, oh, how about this? Number six, behind these hazel eyes by Kelly Clarkson. So she oh, got two in the top ten. The... Love it. That's impressive. As she should. Both great songs. Uh, Don't funk with my heart by the Black Eyed Peas. Keep that one in mind. Mm-hmm. Just okay. a little bit by Fifty Cent. Another banger. Yeah. Oh, by Sierra, featuring featuring okay. Ludacris. At oh. number two, Holler Back Girl by Stefani. Oh. Which was also number one last week. And number one, which will stay number one for four weeks, 
uh, We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Whoa, I forgot about that song. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wait, the Whisper song was nominated for a Grammy uh, in the best rap performance by a duo or group. Unfortunately, they lost to Don't Funk With My Heart by the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, which is like oh, a... Oh, really? I don't even remember that song. Uh, I do, but Whisper Song is certainly more interesting. I feel like Don't Fuck With My Heart is like a, a, a very a very pedestrian Black Eyed Peas song. I'm going to pull it up to remember it. For, and saying it's pedestrian for them is really saying something. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> I feel like the rap the rap Grammys have come around. They're a lot more legit now. Like, kind yeah. of gone back to the more artistic stuff. But I was going to say about the charts, what an interesting time in music. I feel like we're very much in transition. There's like some of the 90s pop stars are like on their last hits. And then you have some of the new class, but then there's also a ton of hip hop, which is just about to be taken over by hip hop entirely after that. Um, and I, I don't know. It might with some of those rock songs on there. I feel like it might be one of the last, some of the last era where the the top forty was more mixed genres. It wasn't just like true, yeah, pop music as a genre. Yeah, that's a good point. Because now, like, there's no. I mean, when you think about the Grammys at this time, and, and a lot of award shows, like rap was definitely like the redhead stepchild, like. There's one genre, nobody really cared about it. And, and now that's rock. Rock doesn't even yeah, get on TV. Is. It's like it's pop, it's hip hop. I mean, even country. if they are on TV, it's like, all right, it's the same. We've had Coldplay play every year yeah. for ten years. But I'm saying that even the award, like yeah. best rock album and best rock performance wasn't on isn't yeah. recorded anymore. No guitars. No guitars. So I'm gonna blow your mind here. I I'm ready. We have a kids corner. No, we don't. <laughs> we do. <laughs> there is no fucking way. The most vulgar song we have covered yet has a kid's corner. What? The kids wouldn't do the bad touch and they'll do this? Mm-hmm. Now, now, to be fair, uh, there is not a kid's bop version. Okay. I thought there was. Kids Incorporated? I, Goog- I googled <laughs> kid's bop, wait, and there was one and I got super excited. <laughs> it's Maroon 5's wait. Oh, okay. So I told oh, you we'd come back to back Maroon 5. Maroon 5, okay. But apparently... There is a another group called Kids Rap Radio. Okay, and this is where you will find the the Kids Corner version uh, of, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, of the song. I'll send it to you. It is credited to. Sorry, it is credited to Steve Wash Jr. I think it's Wash, not Wash. Oh wow! So they change the they they change the lyrics completely. They change everything. It's actually kind of a cool concept. It's a kid rapping about new shoes, and so the refrain is "Wait till you see these kicks." Okay, so it's really fun. This kid's really good at rapping. Yeah, well, with the rap, the talent. I kind of feel like when you're whispering and rapping, it takes extra skill because you have to like really enunciate. And your flow is kind of out in the open. Like, you can't cover it up with inflections in your voice. You're kind of right, yeah. It's like just a straight line. Yeah. Um, other than that, there there are some parodies. The probably, I guess, most famous parody is uh, Mickey, what's up? by the quote-unquote Bing Bong Brothers. 
just a new uh, which are oh, yeah, it's the, the it's the uh, the lonely Is but oh, okay. they call themselves the Bing Bong Brothers here rather than got it. Of course, there's a Lonely Island. Is this pre SNL? Lonely it might Island? be because it's pretty. It looks yeah, like it is. Um, pretty primitive. Definitely. It's funny because it's essentially. And they have creepy mustaches. Yeah. Got it. Wow. It's funny. It's funny in 2006. Oh my god. Uh, they definitely crank up the creepy Well, like factor. you said, it's big time. On its face, it's kind of a creepy song, but when you get down to it. Uh, yeah. uh, outside of parodies, on a side note, uh, I did find a funny article from Vice entitled Eight of the Best ASMR Moments in Hip Hop. And as you'd imagine, wait is. Oh, I could see that. This is like before ASMR was playing. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah well, they were way ahead of their time uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> so where are they now? Where are they uh, now? Yeah, I've, I've, I haven't heard about them in a while. The Ying Yang Twins uh, went on to collaborate from with lots of people, including Lil Jon, of course, to Britney Spears, the Pitbull, the Flo Rider. They even had a cameo in the movie Soul Plane in 2004. They did, you're right. Uh, now, after the, this success, Mr. Kelly Park, he continued to run his label and he produced for uh, some other more artists. He released one of Soldier Boy's albums. He also produced uh, Miss New Booty by Bubba Sparks. The twins were on an episode of MTV Cribs. Yep, I remember that. That episode is unbelievable. Well, I fucking love that show. And I watched this episode. It features them, Carmelo Anthony, and Ryan Pinkston. And it's fantastic because... The show is so dated and so good. Uh, I I pulled up the clip for the exact time that the Ying Yang Twins come on. I think we should watch it together, at least the beginning of it, because it's hysterical, mainly because there is no fucking way that this is their house. This is clearly a house that's for sale. And And they filmed it. And it's, as you'll see, What's your name is? Pain's so high. What's your name is again? Yep, I really remember this. Come on in. Yeah. Come on. They seem so delightful. They seem really great. If you're not watching, uh, this house that they're in is like completely sparse and there's sailboats everywhere. It's definitely like... (laughs) It's definitely uh, a uh, model home. A a model home or like a staged house for sale or something. Yeah, it definitely is. (laughs) But it's so funny. This is hilarious. Yeah, it's both of them being like, of course we bought this sailboat because, you know, we love sailing. <laughs> and here's this painting of sailboats. We love we love that, too. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is amazing. It's so good. This reminded me of an episode with Bam Margera where he, like, showed his house, which is, like, you know, he's lived down the street from him. It's, like, a suburban house. And he, like, goes in the basement and he's like, so I got this basement here full of arcade games. None of them are mine. MTV brought these all in because my house wasn't interesting enough for them. (laughs) Clearly what's happening here, because they go through this whole sparse house of the Yin Yang Twins, and there's nothing in this house. They go to the bedroom, it's literally a bed, nothing else. But then they walk into their closet, and it's full of their clothes, so obviously MTV just brought their clothes in. This looks like someone's vacation house they never go to. Yeah. Pre-Airbnb, Airbnb decorations. Yes, for sure. This looks like your, your aunt's beach house. Yeah. In the middle of like suburban Atlanta. 
They're just pouring Kool-Aid into plastic cups. This is oh, so you're still great. Watching, yeah. <laughs> I really recommend everyone watches this. It's it's hilarious. These guys are I'd funny. Love, uh, they, they seem great. They seem like a trip. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, later on, D-Rock does run into some legal and financial trouble. Uh, but at some point, they, they get it back together. Uh, and they have since been touring again. Uh, yeah. In 2021, they were on the Millennium Tour, which featured a lot of hip-hop artists from the turn of the millennium. They also did a new song with Lil Jon. Okay. About the same as you'd expect. Uh, same vulgarness, same... <laughs> mm. It's called... Uh, what's it called? It's called Throw Dat. As of, as of five days ago, the Ying Yang Twins and Lil Jon performed at halftime during the LA Clippers game. Oh. So they are still out there, baby. Yeah, love and, it. and I love that. Um, I see this comment. First comment. Haven't heard that Lil Jon synth in years. Finally, Lil John is back to the roots. Like, what was Lil John doing in the meantime? Like, did he start like a prog rock band or something? I mean, I hope, yeah. <laughs> probably chasing something. What was he up to? <laughs> He's probably chasing something. So, you know, with that, I want to end with uh, a D Rock quote that he said once in an interview I love music. I'm not doing it for a buck. I make legendary songs that last forever. And here we are, 20 some years later. Still talking about the song. When I hear this song, I think of being in a shitty college apartment. Shout out to Ashby. Shout out to Hunter's Bridge. Ashby is what I was thinking of. For those those uh, unfamiliar, those are uh, apartment complexes in the college town of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we went to school and went to many parties. I'm picturing uh, lots of black lights. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's wearing uh, white t-shirts, but drawing on each other with highlighter. And this song is on. That's what I'm picturing. B-Rob the, DJing. There's a vat of jungle juice. My uh, boy B-Rob decided not to play that one 50 Cent yeah. song he always played. And, and decided <laughs> to put on some Ying Yang Twins. What song did he always play? Oh, uh, so this is my freshman year roommate. He later became a, a DJ. Right. Uh, he would play... That one fifty cent song, which one was it? Like over and over and over and over and over again. It, it, whatever fifty cent song was hot in the fall of two thousand six. All right, uh, I'm picturing that, and I'm picturing somebody outside freezing on the porch, pouring out of a keg. <laughs> uh, good memories. <laughs> yeah, good. That's memories. what this song makes me think of. Yeah, I'm really glad that I got a little more perspective on the song because I always found it to be super creepy. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure it has been used in some creepy context, but uh, I think the Union Twins were coming from a good place. I will, I will finish up with one last quote that I loved uh, in one interview that I read. The host asks, "Who annoys you?" Which is a really great question, in my opinion. Uh, and Kane, Kane says, "Who annoys me?" Damn, that's a good question because we annoy most people. <laughs> <laughs> These dudes are hilarious. I'm glad they're still kicking. I'm glad they're still rapping. Yeah, that's great. This this came out of left field. I like it. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Thank you, Peloton. (laughs) Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, Also hilarious. Were they playing the dirty version? No. Uh, (laughs) No, they were not. No, they were not. That's a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Good luck getting that song out of your head. Please remember to subscribe so you know when the next episode is out. 
And if you listen on Apple, write a review, but only if it's nice. Follow us on Twitter at YWAHpod and let us know what you think. Or tell us what we missed by sending us an email at YWAHpod at gmail.com. And lastly, share with a friend if you had a good time. This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Beidler. And our theme music is by Air Doctor. We'll see you next time.